Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to A Water Night, part of the 90 Minute Podcast Network, talking all things Tottenham Hotspur. Joining myself, Sean Walsh, for the first time in a month, Jude Summerfield. A month, We're man. back. Yeah, when you say it like that, month's a long time. It is. And um, it feels like uh, an especially long time in football, because mm. many things have changed. Yeah, so we were saying off air that the last time that us two sat down to do a pod, um, it was post-Shakhtar, and we were very confident that Harry Kane was going to stay at Spurs. So... Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just glad we were very right about that. Yeah, no, no egg on our face or anything no. like that. No, we're we were so right. Credibility more intact. Than you more than ah, uh, we will be there. Harry Kane will be there for the first game against Brentford. Didn't quite happen, but not, not quite. you know, um, things are looking a fair bit more optimistic than they were probably at that Shakhtar game. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. I think it's hard That's to nice imagine the vibes around Spurs as good as they have been, considering I think in the days after. Um, the cane, the cane stuff broke out. You know, I was almost inconsolable. It felt, it felt like gr- it felt like grief. It felt really like I really don't know what to do with myself. This was like, what the <laughs> hell? What am I going to do with my life now? You know, the best yeah. player that I've ever seen play for my club. I uh, it's been taken away from me. Yeah, I just dragged myself into a stupor on holiday. That's what I did. It was good. Yeah. How, yeah. Was, how was Albania? <laughs> Every time that somebody said like, "Ah, oh, looks like Kane's going to buy," because I was trying not to look at my phone, just because yeah. obviously you wouldn't. On holiday. Like, I would just grab my can and like go over to the balcony <laughs> and just like look <laughs> off into the distance, being like, "What does it even mean?" <laughs> What can any of this mean anymore? You know, like the, our best lad's gone. Is there any? Is there any point to it? But um, we've got a, a few other lads who are sort of making the team look like a team now. It's a team. It's not the Harry Kane. He's a team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's there's good good reasons to be uh, optimistic. You weren't so keen on your trip to Bulgaria. No, very bad. I wouldn't recommend. Yeah, very very bad. No, very bad. Yeah. More than you pry, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very bad, more than you believe. Um, My Eastern European 
destination yeah. is better than yours then yeah for sure I've, I've actually huge I've, 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 well I have some Albanian friends and they were talking about they were very much like hey well, you know you want to go away again next year we'll go to Albania so yeah. that might be an option for next year I mean it was a bit one paced for us but <laughs> you know not many roads in Albania apparently <laughs> never reached there yet They'll, they'll, they'll get to that part. The, the, the road will reach there eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it sort of seems like the roads could just end up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, fair but, enough. Um, yeah, nice enough. Anyway. Back to the football. Back to the football. So, we yes, have it, about a bazillion games to go yes, over, I'm sure. So but. we reviewed the Brentford Spurs game. The last pod I brought in Scott Saunders and Jack Gallagher. We talked about that. Oh, yes. We then previewed the Man United game. We said it would be a really high-scoring affair in which it would probably end with one side battering the other in terms of scoreline maybe not so much in terms of what happened on the pitch it's basically what happened I think Man United probably had the better of the first half but Spurs always hung around and made good chances of their own and in the second half I think Spurs really just grew into it and took control of it yes yes they did there was a bit of the old um, Manchester United away from home um, thing that helped us out a fair bit because it was such an open game I remember in the first half that it was mm. really just a case of one team maybe taking that chance getting the first goal um, but then they just really snuffed them out of the, the game in the second half and it was like uh, um, our midfield presence that maybe we haven't really seen as a massive strength over the last two years anyway but it was actually giving yeah. us that grip on the game to go forward and, and win it and like it was, it was like they, they had that 1-0 lead for a lot of the second half and it didn't I know I think they I think you know it hit the post through Anthony or something like yes, that yes yeah. you know um but when the second came, it was just sort of like, right, well, that's that's that game, that's that that's game over. Yeah, I do think also, the the better chances came in the first half. It wasn't if, as if they were ripping us open. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it was just a yeah, it was just a back and forth game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but Great like, vibes in that stadium. Massive, massive vibes. Huge vibes. Wonderful to get a, a win against a team, you know, a, a big six team so early on in yeah. the season. It was so important. I think it's just. Uh, there was in the lead up to it um, Ange talks about how he, the, he didn't feel like he'd earned like the chance yet he said he felt like it's quite you know right now it's blind faith I think was the term that he used and it felt in that United game like finally there's something tangible here there's something we can really hang the hat on and the whole the whole day was just like really poignant and I think because it began with some of the protests outside the stadium from Organised by the supporters' trust after the ticket price rises, you know, good on them. It, it gathered a bit of pace um, a couple of hours before kickoff, and I think they're doing another one before the Sheffield United game. And then in the stadium, uh, very much remember they were sending around emails to one Hotspur members and season ticket holders about improving the match day atmosphere, and it seems like they've really taken all that feedback on board. You know, they had um, the songs which are used for some of the player chants playing before kickoff. They had, I was not a fan of either the trumpet playing Owen the Spurs or the drum in before, but I thought they worked very well in practice. I thought that they did actually improve the atmosphere and it didn't feel artificial. I think that's a massive thing because do you remember, do you remember we had the Wembley Tannoy but drum yeah. for one game and then people were like, what the hell? Because it kind of just came out of nowhere and people were just like, what the hell is that? Yeah, those, those sort of good, those things are good when um, you've got just genuine people leading them I think yes. a good genuine group around them to uh, to help it you know grow a fair bit more because um, you know, I don't know you need a good drum player you need a good trumpet <laughs> player and they have to be of sound mind great um, band we're forming yeah I may, maybe like the, uh, the the match day atmosphere at Spurs is sort of 
you know, it, it's it'd be nice if it shifted away from you know just like a, a big game at home having the real big crowd mm. um, vibe to maybe one that's you know a bit more consistent throughout. Just but that's not really a fault of the fans. That's just because of what the you know the turgid ball that's been offered up in the last well, few years. Well, it's well, tough to yeah. make a, a real fortress of the home at you know mm. when those results aren't going very well. But now. I think like the style of football just plays into it, doesn't it? If it's if it's much more just like blood and thunder and get people forward, it's so much easier to really like be like. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was, was going to say. I think I'm, I might have mentioned the last probably did actually because I asked Ange after that Shakhtar friendly um, about his style of football. How before when he was at Celtic, he talked about um, the importance of making the fans happy because. So like all these other stuff in their lives, they come to the stadium. It's good to get away from all of that. It's mm-hmm. football as kind of escapism. And I asked him about the importance between the connection of the fans and the players, and he basically said, um, "The full quote is on my Twitter page. So go look at that if you can." But he basically said, "When it when our football is working, there will be this kind of connection. Like the fans will feed into the the players, the atmosphere will feed into the philosophy, and vice versa." And it was very well demonstrated in this game because the, it was so loud. It was probably the top three. I think the top three like the best atmospheres at, at that new stadium. The United game, the Arsenal 3-0 and the Ajax Champions League semi-final. So to immediately jump into the top three after the last few years is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but you could definitely sense that the fans, if the atmosphere is rocking like that, are going to have a real tangible impact on the way that Spurs play. Because I can definitely imagine it. I think this was a good example because it was a Saturday 5.30 in the summer. It was very much a day where I imagine a lot of the fans have been drinking for much of the day. Mm. But you get... <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that. What? <laughs> I, th- I can definitely imagine like throughout the autumn and winter, if we're on like a late Super Sunday game, and the one I have in mind, I think, will be when Chelsea come here with Poch. And we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about mm-hmm. Chelsea later because it's quite funny. Um, <laughs> the, the atmosphere is going to be so kind of deafening and suffocating for teams. I think that we are going to blow teams away in those kinds of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as the early signs keep on um, rolling through, mm. you know, in terms of wins and all that, um, which, you know, I've been hurt before, so... <laughs> But it's but it's it's looking in the right direction. It's much nicer when that sort of stuff happens organically, you know. Yeah. That what's the point in having um, artificial noise being blown into the into the stadium when people can hear it and know it's not real, you know? Yeah. It's just for just for cameras that unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's excellent because I I went to a few Spurs games last season. Probably not as many as the season before. Um, you was a lot of the rubbish ones. Yeah. Yeah, I usually hoover up the rubbish <laughs> ones. <laughs> um, or the ones where there's just chaos for sort of no reason. The Brighton one was just chaotic, mm. which was hilarious. Somehow got a win out of that. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> People wanted to fucking, I don't know, leave me in the street after that. <laughs> My friends anyway supported Brighton. Oh, you're so lucky. Ooh, I know. The VAR's yeah. on your side. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, lads. It's unfortunate. Um, but he's, yeah, I, th- I think the way Ange is as well, in his presses, he's just very, he's just made a, he's just made the complete right impact in terms of getting fans on side. And once mm. you've got fans on side, then um, chants are going to come very, very easily. And it's nice that they made a Robbie Williams one out of it, I suppose. I can't believe it. Mm. That came, was that after the ball so game? Three games in? Yeah. How, so how has that happened? What like I, it's so hard to kind of comp- comprehend. It makes me a little fearful, maybe because I think this is this just flavor of the month stuff. 
And I do think we, that Spurs need to be a bit wary of that. But mm. at the same time, enjoy it while you can. Yeah, enjoy it. We, we, we haven't had a lot to cheer about over the last few years. I think it was essentially that one run to the top four, and that was it. Yeah, little three or four month period mm. where they were just unbeatable. But um, they'll just, just in general, they're going to win so many more games than than they um, than they lose playing this sort of style. I, I believe. Yeah, I believe, which is much much um, better. Yeah. So then we had that into what? Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Routine win. Which was nice. Pretty pretty routine. I thought that was going to be the banana skin. I thought that was going to be. They ha- Bournemouth have this new team as well. They have all these kind of young, exciting signings. Got a young, exciting manager. Mm. Um, they hadn't quite found their feet yet, but they showed good signs. You know, I think the one-one draw against West Ham, particularly in hindsight, looks very good. They went and gave Liverpool a scare at Anfield. If you've been critical, they probably should have done better against the ten men, but they yeah. started really well and they could have been two or three up. And I thought this was going to be it, especially the early kickoff as well. You factor that in. You think the randomness yeah. happens to the big teams in the early kickoff. Spurs did not let that happen. They, like, I think the closest Bournemouth really came was when Spurs gave the ball away in the in their own third. But even then, it wasn't like it wasn't as if Bournemouth were creating these high quality chances. It was still shots from the edge of the box. It was still shots with a lot of players in front of them. So well, it was very all very controlled from yeah. Spurs throughout the most part. I think the only times where, yeah, like you say, I think when Billing started throwing his weight around little bits here and there, that's mm. that's always a danger. But they um, they really like yeah to be two up after an hour is pretty good going away from home, and then they were just solid all the way through. Like they made the right changes just to see out the game. Um, cost my mind a fair bit back here, but I remember thinking at the time because obviously played Brentford and then United and then. I think this was another game where two separate scorers scored. Mm. You know, they were just yeah. they just kept sharing the goals around. I was I was starting to get a bit more convinced around that point, even though if it is just only Bournemouth, you know. But um, just because there's a lot of goal threats throughout the whole side now, you know, I, I probably wouldn't put Christian Romero up there as well, <laughs> even though he's got two somehow this year. Um, It'd be great if that trend continues. Though. I'd love it if mm. he had like a little um, Vertonghen Ajax season. And yeah, yeah. Like, of course. <laughs> be wonderful. Right. What if he gets <laughs> double figures? Then what? <laughs> then what? Then oh, you have to start thinking about, you know. Ballon d'Or. Maybe he's the replacement for Kane up front, you know. It's crazy. Um, and then I think we sort of got a, Nah, that's not, not too fair, but, you know, the first goal for Madison was nice as well, mm. just because it gets... I didn't really think that was going to be a problem for him, just because he, he fitted in so quickly in that Brentford game anyway. But um, just a, it was so nicely worked as well, and it's just a direct mm. result of loads of players getting in the box, that particular goal yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like, it's Madison. It was the three midfielders like, combining. Yeah, yeah. So. So I think it might have been Saar running at like the near post or something, like drags a player away, and then it just opens yeah, up. Yeah, Basuma makes the run. Saar plays the ball in and then continues. Oh, yeah, that's and then, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Madison finishes. Yeah, but nice. like we never really, we never scored a goal like that last season. I don't think mm. where it was just sort mm. of a bit more direct, but but quick. Yeah, and the passing was was on point and yeah, and there. So that I I I thought that was a pretty pretty good win to be honest. And I I think Kadoji was he got his first assist in that game maybe. Mm. Yeah, maybe great he got run, one against Brentford. I'm not sure, but um, that yeah that that goal was lovely as well because mm. that was just the one where Son plays him back in. And it's so good having a yeah. left back who can actually attack and like uh, really con- contribute. And remember, the finish was almost like a bit scuffy, but it was perfect as well. It's, like, yeah, it was, it was the perfect. Was, like the keeper's not getting it, and it kind of just trickles in. Mm. It's the same with the Madison one, really. The like, Madison didn't really strike his cleanly either, but it's accuracy. Yeah, 
just yeah. beautiful accuracy. Yeah. Um, which is which is cool. Like, uh, I, I don't have too much more on the Bournemouth game. No, me neither. Can catch him back down to earth with that with the Fulham Cup exit. How much? How much did this annoy you? Because I feel like. In past years, I would have been more annoyed. I think this reason is probably more reason to be annoyed because we're not in Europe. Mm-hmm. But I got over it quite quickly. I got over it uh, pretty quickly as well. I mean, I, I guess I would say that. I guess we would say that. But, um, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> but I think because we had seen it before um, in the sort of, you know, make eight, nine changes, it doesn't always mm. work out sort of way. I could, I, I, the annoying thing was that like you'd seen it before and maybe we could have, we could well we couldn't have said but like you knew that the players probably weren't going to produce the players that were out there anyway in, in key areas but you know like they only lost well it was 1-1 and then they went out on penalties so it's a bit of a it goes down as a draw technically go down, go down, go technically down draw. Spurs are still unbeaten this season yeah and yet to suffer his first loss mm. um, but I mean like it's, it's only just it's just the annoying thing of like Spurs going out in the second round and other teams haven't even entered it yet yeah you know? that's just that's from a, from a more fan perspective that's the only thing that really annoyed me it's sort of like well am I here for like a, a Carabao Cup run and, and just first season I mean yeah it'd be fine but I don't think that's going to be the the uh, the deciding yeah. factor in whether yeah. he's successful or whatever I will, I will say you, you, you only care about Carabao Cup runs if you win them. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even to get to the final. Like I do, I do not care about the runs to the 2015 or 2021 final. I do not care at all. It does not matter to me. Yeah. Well, they weren't. They weren't really like memorable. Memorable, were they? Because it's no such thing as memorable unless you win it. That's what I mean. <laughs> it's like it's. Yeah. It's not worth getting. In a, in a tip. Yeah. Tizzy, it's like. Yeah. Like I, I think, because he, he actually did make the comment about how else am I gonna. Um, know about my players I did think it was notable that in the days after the worst player from that game Davidson Sanchez was sold yeah and then even other players like Dyer it looked like Dyer was going to get sold but he didn't and then he was left out of the score against Burnley again Ashley Phillips made the score instead it looks like he's going to be the third choice mm. centre back now which is scary but I'm also excited about the kind of you know if it, it, he made a big point that there's no point kind of just hanging on to the past you brought, he's been brought in for change yeah, he made this point at Celtic as well. Like, he, like, what's the point kind of like just treading the line? No, yeah, one hundred percent. I'd like you look at uh, Christian Romero and Mickey Van der Ven, and they're not very similar centre backs to Eric Dyer. So, I think Postecoglou has a, an idea of the yeah. centre backs he wants to play in his team, and um, it's, it'll be a bit of a shame if Eric's just you know on the sidelines for another year, and that's all that's happening. But they, he probably will get a new deal now anyway. That's gonna. <laughs> yeah, <I feel laughs> the well, the thing that came out today was that um, I don't. Even, I don't even think this was new. I think this was quite well known that Reese was offered the chance to go on the the tour of Australia and Asia. Said no to try and find a move, and then he, he couldn't even find that move away. Mm. He was offered the chance to go to Nice on deadline day. Said that he didn't want to do it out of respect because he wasn't. They didn't sell the project to him well enough because it was like you're only contacting me now. What the hell is this? Mm. Which I get. It's fair. But at the same time, you're telling me you couldn't find one acceptable offer throughout the mm. summer. You didn't want to go sit on Lazio's bench. I think there's, like the problem with the Reese is he definitely thinks he's still one of the 15, 20 best goalies in the world. Maybe even higher than that. I think he definitely thinks I captained the team in a World Cup final like eight months ago. Yeah, I deserve to be at a big club. I deserve to be starting at a big club, and that's just not the reality of it. It's not the reality now, anyway. I mean, starting at a big club, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 
at a big club. What does that mean these days? Go, go somewhere that's like a bit more aspirational and you might have a bit more fun. You know, you go and sit on the bench at a big club, someone like Hugo Lloris, you know, I feel like he's only going to get pelters when something goes wrong. Yeah. But then again, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't see football like that. Maybe he does see it as in, you Who know, knows? I was in the World Cup final a year ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, that Fulham game was a bit annoying. Well, I, I, I care so little about the Fulham game, we could talk about something else. Yeah, we've, we've just veered off, which is, yeah, this is about, which is about, you know, and League Cup, you know, it only clogs up the, the schedule until Christmas, really, doesn't it? So, you know, I'm not having a big cry over the fact that we won't visit. I think Spurs, know, Spurs will definitely benefit time. now from having every midweek off. Yeah. Every midweek off until December. They'll have yeah, that extra time on the training that, pitch. They they have, they'll have time to improve that. There's less chance to get injured. There's more time for recovery. These weeks aren't going to be disrupted. I think that's going to be very good. Yeah. I think that's something that just just absolutely should benefit us compared to the others. You don't think about how many European games. We're missing six European games. We're missing two or three more League Cup games. That's going to be huge for us. Yeah. Like if you compare the schedule from last season when obviously there was a World Cup thrown in the middle and not too much time off given afterwards. Spurs players should be able to get through most yeah. of it and I think the point that I was actually going to make and I got sidetracked on was I don't think that Ange will do the same thing in the FA Cup regardless of the draw I think that he will try and play as strong a team as possible I, I think yeah. he, I think he knows now I think he's learnt the lesson I think he needs to, to experience that and learn the lesson himself now to, really, to really understand it's like oh, okay this is why it never, it's never yeah. worked and to be like I see. yeah when they get to that point in the season in February where it's not it's, it's one game every like two or three weeks isn't it the mm. FA Cup so you might as well keep playing your best team just for continuity and they don't start rescheduling games until I think the fifth or sixth round anyway mm. so yeah you're right you may as well just do it like that because otherwise you're just stunting you know the consistency and rhythm of your own side yeah the, the, the only reason that he would have for rotating on mass again is if Spurs are fighting for the title yeah. Which we can't rule out. <laughs> Which, you know... I'm not saying we can do it. After the last game, yeah. we're, you know, you know, going to Burnley. Well, well, well if, you, if you look at the table... <laughs> if you look at the table, yeah, we're doing well at the table. Oh, um, second place. Second place. It's quite high. There's only one place above second place. And that is top. Yeah. And that's where City are. Yes. City are quite good at um, running away with the league. But at least we're there for goal difference, you mm. know. Only two behind. Don't want them getting too goal scored as well. Too far and goal scored, yeah. Lose Harry Kane, early. become top scorers in the league. I know it's quite, it's quite mad, isn't it? It's almost like uh, we're not, we weren't completely washed. It's almost as if the arguments that oh you're removing thirty goals from the team was nonsensical and people shouldn't have looked at football that way. I thought we moved past that. I thought, every, I thought everyone looked at Ronaldo at Man United last year and re we came to the conclusion that that's not how football works. <laughs> there are too many Roy Keens out there. You know? What? Saying. He got 20 goals and they don't look at the... But it was out 40. <laughs> I didn't know, know that. Which is no good. I didn't know that. I didn't know Yeah, that. so the Burnley game. So I wasn't at Burnley. You didn't, I didn't watch it live. Turf, I didn't watch it live, no. I was at Stamford Bridge to watch Chelsea lose to Nottingham Forest, which was quite funny. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. yeah, that was that was hilarious. Um, I was also playing our last cricket game of the season. So did you win? Um, no, we didn't win. Shite. Any chance we had of going up was extinguished early on as well. So it was a bit of a dead rubber. <laughs> um, so I think like we were in the field at about five o'clock, and I just asked somebody on the sideline, just going like, "Do you know the Spurs score?" And he said like five two, and I went like, "Ah, oh, Jesus, to Burnley!" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh, oh no. no, oh, oh Jesus no. Christ!" <laughs> you know, this is no bueno. 
but they did call me back and he said, nah, nah it's the Spurs. Which <laughs> no, is, yeah, which, <laughs> no, no, mysteriously Spurs are winning the league, yeah. which was um, really, really lovely. And then obviously you, you look at the goals back and it's a pretty emphatic All nice goals performance. in their own way. Yeah. I think there's four well-worked team goals and then one screamer from Christian Romero, which I just did not see that coming. One stonker, yeah. Fair enough, Kaver, yeah, Burnley kind of gave Spurs the freedom of turf more, mm. why I remember, which I suppose shouldn't really be surprising as a promoted team coming up. Um, but there was there was a change in the starting eleven anyway. They had they had Solomon coming for for Richie mm. Richarlison, which is which I thought was an interesting move. They said Richie got injured in the Carabao Cup. So he did he did come off with an injury. Yeah, in so that was um, maybe that could have been more. Where am I going with this? Sorry, mm. um, but yeah, Son as the as the centre man. At least you sort of know what you're going to get there. Worked very you, well. Yeah, and then you get another player who can actually hold onto the ball a bit more in Solomon because mm. that's not really Richarlison's thing, which is a major problem at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for this game, it just worked perfectly in that um, Solomon was finding these little spots to just give Son the ball, <laughs> and he was. He was just belting them in in true Sonny style, and I think it's a really, really good, good, uh, good thing that our, our main goal threat now is off the mark with three goals. Three seasons out of the last four that Son's first goals of the season have been hat tricks. Is that true? So twenty twenty one, we won five one at Southampton on Son's goal hat tricks. I think he scored four there actually. Yeah, he scored four. He scored yeah. four in that game. Um, twenty one, twenty two, no. Twenty two, twenty three. His first goals of the season came in the six two against Leicester. Jesus, yeah. Um, it's a bit later down the line, came off the bench it? for that one as well, and then this season, three at Burnley. So that's streaky, strange. Yeah, yeah. Takes a little while, and then he and then he gets his streak on, and then he's pretty tough to beat, really. Um, and Spurs have quite a good run of form. Uh, not run, of, well, obviously run of form, but run of fixtures after the international break. I'm pretty sure where he can hopefully continue. A couple to of tricky ones after yeah. Sheffield United, but apart from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal love. But beyond that, it's not. It's not too. Not frightening. the safe bets I thought that we had coming up. Sheffield United probably a safe bet. Probably, I would. Hope and then so. Luton after Liverpool probably safe-ish. Fulham, Palace, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good one. Just looking forward to that Chelsea one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that the, the Burnley one was just another fab result, really, and uh, excellent to see the fullbacks doing bits again, assist each. Poro and Adoji. I know Poro got rinsed for the first goal. He did get rinsed. Yeah. But in general, he's been, be- he's been not a calamity like I thought he'd be. Like, I remember in the moment watching the United game, I was terrified. I was petrified. Cause I think the first half, I just had this image of Ganacho running in behind him. But Ganacho didn't actually do anything. Mm. And in the second half, when I rewatched it, Poro definitely looked more kind of um, disciplined. He wasn't coming into midfield as much as I think he knew. So I think he was learning on the fly. And I think Andrew might have pointed that out. Mm. But. Um, I think there was, you know, there was a lot of people like doubting as well, like, oh, can Poro and a doggy play full back? Can you yeah, play them together because they're wing backs? Yeah. And then I think Andrew like, from the off he was like, I don't see why they can't. He was like, yeah, and they're actually, as well. Yeah, they're but, yeah, they've both been all right. A doggy in particular has been amazing. Yeah, a doggy's like, um, he's, he's he seems a, a fair bit better like out wide than than Poro. Poro is really strong in an attacking sense anyway mm. when he comes in field and then. 
gets you know an opportunity to get a shot off from outside the area or whatever. He loves taking a pot shot. He does. He does. You know, he's got. He scored a few, to be fair. And he's come close. Yeah. Like he's hit the bar in a few games before. I feel like he he, he should become a bit more of a goal threat. Um, whereas be nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Can't get enough of the golfers. Yeah. And if like he's moving into midfield and like playing as you know that inverted boy, then he should be able to get plenty more opportunities. This, this is why I was spoiled. I thought just him coming in last season that the technical levels of the team improved so much. I thought that he could do the inverted role because he could at least keep hold of the ball. Mm. He knows his touches are going to balloon away or bounce off him or anything like that. Yeah. Which has not always been a given in that Tottenham defence. Or midfield. Midfield. <laughs> or on a few it's other di- wings. It's different right now. It's different. Yeah. Or in goal. You know, the ball can go anywhere from <laughs> yeah. goal. But now then you've got a lad who can pass it. Yes. But, um, yeah. but yeah. Should talk about Vicario there? Want to talk about goalie? So I think you surprised me a little. He's been, um, yeah, he's been he's been pretty good. I mean, a couple of league clean sheets now. Mm-hmm. It was a so, really sharp save yeah. on that. Some really that. good saves. Like the, the one from Casemiro in the United game was... I was, like, I was in my chair and I was like I can't believe that's not gone in it doesn't look as good on the replay but I remember in the moment thinking good god <laughs> it was like Pete Clarice it really was like just the quick throw of the hand up he is he is like a bit of a um, I don't know he, he has a Hollywood save in him like Clarice yeah. doesn't he really he's got that te- same technique with just throw, throwing the arm up quickly he's very catty and I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I like it when you have a, a showstopper of a goalie it makes yeah. everything a bit more entertaining which is very Nice because in pre-season he looked very shaky, and I think now he can put that down. So he didn't really know the system yet. He didn't know what defense he's playing with, and the de- the defense yeah. now looks much different. I yeah, think, I mean so. that West Ham game when he when he played in, in pre-season yeah. anyway, yeah. Was, things were looking a little bit ropey, but um, but he looks he looks much much sharper. But as I keep saying, under his belt. all he has to do is just be a little bit above average, and that is a massive improvement <laughs> on last year. He doesn't need to be amazing. He just needs to be fine. Like, I don't need to go into games worrying about what Vicario is going to do, and that is good enough for me. Yeah, he's probably not going to throw the ball into his own net, and if he makes a mistake at some point, which he probably will, then hopefully it's well. Not. Every goal he makes a mistake now. Well, I yeah, think exactly, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully it's not too bad. Yeah. But um, good, solid signs from the lad yeah. anyway. Um, just pretty solid everywhere, really. They've yeah. got they've got good good subs on at the moment who can come out and close games out, which is yeah. nice. Um, the signings that have come into play have played very, very well. Yeah. What, what do you think? What did you think about the last few days of the window then? Because I saw a lot of people getting a bit sort of, oh, we haven't got anyone here. We haven't got uh, anyone here. There's a bit of a, there's a fair bit of yeah. crisis chat. Well, yeah, yeah I, I saw, I can't remember who said it, but I remember someone, they began a tweet with Spurs have bought in, it wasn't quite generational players, but it was like um, key players or something. But their assessment was that the window overall was really bad. And it's like, I can't... It's hard to really get on board with that. Like, mm-hmm. remove the emotion from it, which is really hard to do. And it's a very special case. But from the Kane deal, to get 85 mil plus add-ons that take it to 100, which, for all we know, I imagine that Liverpool negotiate it so they're quite easy to hit. Like, mm-hmm. Kane wins the Bundesliga. Yay. Yeah. Um, 20 for, for a guy with one year <laughs> left in his contract is... In isolation, very, very, very good business. Um, a lot of the money had to be spent on finalising the loan deals of players that were brought in before. So Kulusevski and Poro, that was around 65 mil, I believe, mm-hmm. in total for those two. Madison looks a steal at 40 mil, which I think Anderson himself is like, it's quite hard to be a steal at 40 mil, but he's trying to, he's doing his best he's to look like that. Best, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Mickey Van der Ven looked, has come in straight away and looked way more mature than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be a calamity. Mm, yeah. So he might, he might still have some really heavy moments this season, but ultimately he's not kind of, he's not got the damage to Sanchez thing where he doesn't know how to lose his body, which is my yeah. fear that someone that big would just kind of be roped around him. He's, look, he's looked very strong. He looks like he's He does throw himself into some yeah. challenges, man. Mm. I mean, even for that, that Burnett goal that, Okay, yeah, second, watching on watching on replay. Yeah, I couldn't believe he did get it. Like it still yeah. goes in. That's what I mean. Like, I couldn't believe he did get it. Yeah. <laughs> really, really strange. Yeah. Um, brought in Solomon for free. Like I said at the time, I don't think he's going to be amazing for us, but I think that's a punt worth taking, and he's a useful player at least. Uh, Phillips and Valise ones for the future, but it looks like Phillips might get some chances in the near future. Mm-hmm. And then Brendan Johnson, who I can't. Remember. I was on another pod. I think it was on the Talking Transfers pod. Of the 90 Minute Podcast Network, quick plug. Um, the stats for Brennan Johnson, like the the quote underlying stats, Ooh, which I, I, I hate using that term, yeah, but you know, yeah. like things beyond next year, stats like, that like, you've seen yeah, like, nobody else has seen. Yeah, it's, <laughs> go on FB ref right now. It's not it's not a good look. So it be, people sorry? FB ref. FP ref. FB ref. Oh, FB ref. You you've used FB ref for look. It's yeah, purple. Yeah, you think? Again. I just get the. Uh, I think I think. Well, I think people who listen to this podcast at least know FB ref is, but FB ref. Is a database with lots of, like I said, underlying stats. So it will have things like scroll down, Jude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the it's like, where is it? It's like scroll down. So it's got so it separates stats into things like so, non-pen goals per ninety, um, non-pen xg, how many shots they've had, assists, etc. Shot creating uh-huh. actions, then passing stats and stuff like that. Take ons, carries, and then defensive stats, tackles, interceptions, blocks, blah blah blah. And uh, Johnson's does not look good in these stats, but I did think it was really notable that the one other club pushing for Johnson as hard as Spurs were Brentford, and Brentford are the stats club. Um, Nathan Collins recently did an interview, I think, with the Evening Standard, and he talked about uh, Brentford scouting him like it was ludicrous that they knew things about him that even he didn't know, <laughs> which is you know it's quite telling. So, and I think it sounds like Brentford did try and make another late push for Johnson, promising him more game time to be one of the highest paid players. That's how much they wanted him, but he, could, he wanted to join Spurs, he wanted to be part of what's going on here. Mm. I think it's notable that Brentford looked past what we can see, what's available to the public, mm-hmm. and pushed in anyway. So I wouldn't worry about that too much, because I know there's a lot going around on social media, and social media is a bit of a bubble like that. I wouldn't worry about that. I think the way to look at it is, he scored eight goals last year, playing for a really crap team that did not create a lot of chances and were not set up to create a lot of chances mm-hmm. he has he's a profile player that Spurs don't really have he is a really quick winger with quick feet can go either way can play across the front three and I don't stand by this one as much as other people do because I think it was a lot of pe- ones that people were hanging the hat on but Andrew really wanted him and I, w- I wouldn't live by that and die by that because I think that's how you end up with a lot of the signings that Conte has made at his clubs that ruined him a little bit. Mm. Um, but it's one for the future. It's one that I th- it's a profile that he really wanted. Someone that can get to the touchline. Someone that can break in behind. So I'm quietly confident that he will not be at least a bust. Yeah, and it's it's nice to get back into more Spurs DNA with that sort of signing. You know, going for a young British player with hopefully plenty of upsell value later down the line. But like he's someone who will get plenty of chances as well. I um, suppose I'm really um, struggling for options out wide. 
but he, he'll give Kulisevsky a bit more of a push mm. I, would imagine, I think he needs right. that as well I think he does need that yeah and he's something totally different to Kulisevsky as well mm. whereas you know yeah. Kulu's more of a skill and you know power guy going around the outside and maybe just mixing it up keeping people guessing like if we're going to play really sharp attacking football um, then it's good to have an, an absolute flyer in your team out wide who can you know get forward in those moments where other teams have exposed themselves a little bit and just get in behind and put chances on mm. a plate so I think it's a, I think it's pretty sh- pretty sharp business I have to say like, I haven't I didn't catch loads of them at Nottingham Forest just because they're a bit of a traditional team and it's tough to yeah that's, that's why I mean, that's what I mean, that's what I mean like, <laughs> judging him from last season I think the better judgement would be um, Forest last year in the championship mm. when they were just better than a lot of the other teams and he was really good there and a lot of people who watched the championship said that this guy is going to be a star like mm. this is someone in waiting you know he's got, he's got World Cup experience now as well it's yes, someone who's young but experienced I think that's that's the right profile of player that Spurs should be looking at yeah good experience at a World Cup mm. I don't know if Wales will get there again in a while but how do Wales do? oh yeah still lost 3-0 to England <laughs> I, love, I love that no, I love that yeah. Not a nationalist guy, but it, when it comes to football. <laughs> when it comes to football, I will get my <laughs> George's flag out. Yeah. I will wave it right, right out of that face. window. Right, <laughs> right out of that window. Um, yeah. I agree with you, mate. Yeah. Looking forward. Looking Sheff- forward. Sheffield United Things first go after the international break. It is Sheffield United. And, like, God, please give us a better result than when we played them last season and it was horrible to watch do you remember that FA Cup game no no don't know what you're talking about yeah fair, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect you to either really they're getting their revenge well we're getting our revenge sorry yeah well I hope so I really hope so and it is at Spurs so I wonder, I wonder how many players that played in that game are going to play in this game though Probably it can't be many, many. Probably not, yeah, get, it won't be many at all. Let's get quick, the head to head. Yeah, quickly get the lineup. Quick head to head. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll read it. We'll read out the lineup. I'm sure it'll be a very strong right. lineup. Fraser Forster, he's still there, I guess, just hanging on. Davidson Sanchez, just been moved on to Galatasaray permanently. Eric Dyer, he's very much uh, been ostracised. Probably won't play. Probably won't play unless yeah. we get two international injuries. Yeah, gentle Gentle Ben is sort of just there, thereabouts. He could, mm. he'll probably be a late sub. That's mm. what I would hang my hat on. Porro will be in there. Yeah. Saar started. Mm. Hoybier yeah, sure. is has managed to hang around after the deadline, so <laughs> he'll be he'll be that late reinforcement guy again moving forward as well. Perisic started that defeat as well, and he'll be the same sort of person moving forward. Richarlison started that game and didn't do very well by the looks of it. Son was in there as well as Lucas. I can't imagine Lucas will start this one. What can you remember? What formation they were playing? Yes, I'm looking it at it. It was a three-four-three. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Even if it wasn't looking Where's at it, the I suspense? Known. Huh? Where's the suspense? <laughs> um, and uh, they called upon Kane, Oli Skip, Kulisevsky, and Dan Juma. Um, Didn't work out. The game didn't work out, and Dai scored their winner in the 79th minute. Well, at least he's not there to score again. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be, yeah, that is a totally. That is a totally God, Billy Sharp start out front from that is. Uh, yeah, Conte should have gone down really. <laughs> yeah, he should have. Was this was, this was one week before the Milan game, wasn't it? Yeah. What yeah. a horrible month that was. It ended yeah. with the Southampton run. Good but God. Anyway, things are looking better <laughs> now. It's so much better now. <laughs> so much more than you could believe. 
it's better now. Did you see, I retweeted this morning, did you see the Ooh, Madrid press are already... Mate, I, yeah. They're already looking at Ange. Like, oh, the angel of Tottenham. Oh. <laughs> How much Spanish do you reckon Ange knows? I reckon he knows a fair bit, to be fair. He's, he's a culture guy to, for Real Madrid. <laughs> when, he was getting it, ready? Yeah. <laughs> he joins there next year. He's like, I'll wait for my whole I life mean, for this. Carlo is going next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, like, I don't want to alert people too early on. But this is what I was thinking. If, if they want Ange to manage Mbappe, then they'll make it happen. <laughs> I'm pretty, but let's not think about that. What's enjoy your lunch in Spanish? <laughs> oh, I'm such an uncultured swine that I don't, I don't know. How long? There's gonna, there's definitely gonna be a new Spurs podcast that is called Enjoy Your Lunch or something. I hope so. I hope so. Enjoy there your will, lunch. Yeah, it will be. There will, I guarantee there will be a podcast. Like the next, the next big Spurs cast podcast will be called Enjoy Your Lunch. We've, we've missed the chance, really. Haven't we, we have really. Yeah, yeah. we stuck on. Oh, what a night! Fucking. And now we haven't got Champions League nights anymore. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense. Mm. Song doesn't make any sense. Do you remember what, what the working titles were? <laughs> the working titles. Uh, it's the lot. I've the, definitely got some in my. Yeah, own, uh, the, the the last Gmail uh, chat that I yeah, have is, is the old name that we're going to have for this podcast. Oh yeah. Okay. If you could find it. What did I? What do we have? Good lord, there are I some. Like, yeah, I thought you used there are some names there. here. But what was it called though? We had a little group chat for a while. Yeah. I've got some absolutely atrocious names here going through my old thing. I think it might too, may too might take too long for me. Good God, how many chests do you have? I don't know. Like I don't use it now. This is, these are all old. That's the problem. I don't really know what I'm looking through. Okay, it was called uh, Glory Days. That's it. Yeah, Glory Days. Would but days as in D A Z E. As a nod to um, the boss, Bruce Springsteen, was it? Sure. Yeah. No, why, why the Z? <laughs> yeah, sure. Pedro. Yeah, yeah. Pozzo. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I exactly know. Yes. I agree. Uh, but yeah, that was a uh, working title. We worked on, we organised on that for ages, I remember. Yeah, we didn't have one for a fair bit. And then everyone bloody left. Yeah. Now we have no one. It's just us. And it's just us, yeah. You would like to be on the podcast. <laughs> no, please don't write Taking applications. Please don't write No, it. we're not. We're not taking applications. Um... Alright. Should, should we talk about a little bit of my experience at Chelsea? Because I think, I, think oh, I, yeah, actually, I, actually do, I actually do want to contrast it. Because I think that while, while Spurs have enjoyed the start of the season, yeah. I was at Chelsea for their Carabao Cup win against Wimbledon, which is one of the most unconvincing things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and their loss to Nottingham Forest on Saturday, which happened at the same time as the Burnley game. Yeah, what the bloody hell happened there? So... Uh, all the stats will show that Chelsea had more possession, more shots, shots of target, blah, blah, blah. XG. Very good. That's the, what the, like. the XG was like, I think it was above two. Oh, so, fabulous. So, that's, yeah, so that things was, are looking very good. good. So, you know, Poch, uh, over the long ball, term, yeah, stocks. Is in a good place. But in terms of how they play, it was very much, I described it to you as like the back end of the 18-19 season where Spurs were playing okay, but they weren't really blowing teams away and they were like losing games on a knife edge and it was like, well, if you don't take your chances, you know, if you don't, get to your top level then you're not going to win mm. that's very much what it feels like with Chelsea right now I think it's hard to compare closer to the start of the season because uh, sorry to the closer start of the Pochettino Spurs reign because that team was so weird I know, I know this Chelsea situation is weird but this is the most weird situation that's ever been in football yep. where um, two time European Cup winners are trying to be turned into Brighton yeah. uh, after spending a billion pound for what reason I don't know um, that is generally the problem that the squad is too young the squad is so bloated still 
there's too, I think there's too many options for him to work with. I think mm-hmm. that Poch was best at Spurs when his squad was too small rather than too big. I yep. think he liked having knowing who his best eleven was and having two or three extra players to call upon. And then obviously we were we were moaning about depth at some point or another, but that was the best way to do it because you're not stuck making these many changes from time throughout. And I know it came up as a it came up on like so we're looking at the who scored. And it says that Chelsea played three at the back. It was not three at the back. It was genuinely... Chilwell played left wing. Mm. Chilwell played high on the left wing. And he was not good because he's a left back. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's kind <laughs> of the crux of the... Way, yeah. So he's signed on that. And the mood around the place, it was still very much... It felt like last season still with Lampard and Potter. Chelsea just kind of stumbling about. Just hoping that the players that are on the pitch will put things together and score some goals. And it didn't happen that way. Nicholas Jackson missed a big chance at the end. And I think that was down to... You could feel it as after the first scored, there was this huge pressure that was put onto the players. Poch threw on all these attacking players without really a system for it. I think Madwaki and Mudrick ended up playing as the wing backs, which is mm-hmm. not, oh not ideal. Oh um, but it showed he kind of just panicked a bit and he just was trying to get a goal by virtue of that, and it wasn't going to work. And the mood around the place was very negative, it was very much different. And it's such a contrast to Spurs because I think a lot of people came to the season thinking Chelsea could be really good right away if Poch decides on his best team. And a lot of people were like, oh, Ange, may as well have got a little done. Yeah. But there's, there's, I, I don't know, really know what there is to feel threatened about Chelsea at the moment. I mean, it's, it's just transfer fees off the pitch and not yeah. really too much gelling on it. You can sign all these young players, you know, for however much money you like. But, like, it's going to take an awfully long time for them all to develop and even come close to like what you hope they might be worth in the future, you know. And especially like asking them to do it with so many or so few like experienced players out there. Like looking at the team now, it's literally like Thiago Silva and Raheem Sterling who are properly experienced at the top level. And Silva was really crap as and well. Silva's like, Silva, Silva. Our colleague Tom got his Chelsea fan did say he predicted pre-match. Silva's going to get thrown around by Tyler, wasn't he? And that is exactly what happened. Yeah, it was. It was a bit. Um, it was like a man against a boy. Was, I think when he saw one year going off, um, substitute in the second half, I think he was very relieved. Yeah, yeah, um, and just really, really odd tactical moves there from from Potter. I feel like I don't really know what kind of a manager he is these days. Maybe the, the PSG move has just thrown him off completely, and he doesn't really know how to. Work his best players. And I, I, think that it's the, I think it's positions. that as well. I think it's that because I think his communication in press conferences, even just beyond the language barrier, has gotten worse. It's a lot of not even wishy washy, it's just kind of incoherent, even if he was, even if he was trying to speak. It's not just the way that he says it, it's the overall thing of what mm. he's saying. It's not making a lot of sense. It's a lot of just rubbish. It's, it's like yeah. I said, it's like the when he's not very good at handling with the media when the chips are down with our experience with it yeah. and there is a chance that he's not even in, in the job by the time Chelsea come to come oh, to the lane mate, it's like, um, you, we looked at, this, the, we looked at we? the fixtures yeah, that, yeah didn't we they they're going to have to buck their ideas up quickly <laughs> there's, I think there's, there might be one or two dodgy teams who can mm. throw them a, a point here and there but it is it is funny when you, you look back to the very start of the, the transfer window and you've we had a lot of fans. Well, we had plenty of us pining for Poch, and I think 
you know, at, at certain yeah. points that, that you and I probably would have said, yeah, he's the right guy to take us forward at this point. Well, yeah, we, we were at the games where the fans started chanting his yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that That's so weird to think about. Back, you know? um, but I, I guess the, the positive, you know, looking at it now is that Poch was a bit, of, he was a pretty slow starter at Spurs to begin with. Mm. Well, we would have had to suffer through that quite quickly, I think. I don't think there would have been such a emphasis put on attacking football from the off like there has been in this Angeball revolution mm. um, I suppose um, and you know we, we, we always say like you know just hang on in there football can change pretty quickly um, yeah. we've had a month of the season if, if that and um, I, I don't see Chelsea in the top half I see them 12th again <laughs> again? <laughs> not again I see them 12th, Surely not. 12th again yeah, yeah. there must be some mistake yeah, this must be a mistake. It must be a mistake. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, fabulous that we um, we we don't really have to worry about the slow starts and yeah, and getting all the the best out of a, a ridiculously large group of players. I mean, Spurs have still got a few whoppers, but they got rid of a fair few in in the fast sorry in the last few hours of the transfer window. So I don't. I, I yeah. I think mm. it's I think it's fab, and I'm glad you were there to soak up all the misery. The yeah, I think because they deserve it. Everyone at the stadium deserves it, quite yeah. frankly, for different reasons. <laughs> someone did, someone did tweet it. Someone was like, "I feel bad for Chelsea, but yeah, they're literally the <laughs> so it's like, something along those lines." Who on earth would like, ever like, say that? They're like the worst people, nah, or, something, or something like that. That's um, like a bloody you know you know in whose lines it anyway or. Mm. Or Mott the Week when they go like, ah, things you, you would never see or like, <laughs> things you'd never see written yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. I feel sorry for Chelsea. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Could never imagine um, that. Could never imagine. I, I think people might get annoyed that we're talking about Chelsea so much, but I think, specifically in the context of this season, Spurs and Chelsea can be intertwined quite a bit because of the pot stuff, because of... There's a lot of narrative. Everything happened last season, Spurs and Chelsea kind of falling out of sorts. I think it is going to be... It's very much two pronged story. While Pochettino is at Chelsea, yeah. How long that's going to be, I don't know, but it's it's going to be interesting. But it, it makes you think. Like Poch is still defined by what he was at Spurs. Mm. So he went to PSG. He didn't put down a marker at mm. all. So that's still going to be like, yeah, you're totally right because it'll, that will continue to be the, the the standard that he is judged by because he hasn't reached it anywhere else. Mm. Like he's got. He's, well, we say like Chelsea. I don't think Chelsea is really the perfect club. To, to I know, like every time they sign a player, like every three or four days, their quotes are all just like, <laughs> "Oh, it's an amazing project." Oh, you great know? project, man! Um, I get so much money. Yeah, and they don't realise that they're going to play like ten games a year because yeah. <laughs> the squad is so big. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's, he's going to have to to figure that one out a, a fair bit quicker. But thankfully, I mean, you you can go and watch all the Chelsea games mm. that you like. Yeah. I'm getting sick to death of Nicholas Jackson, so I'm I'm just going to get him out of my FPL team and not worry about Chelsea anymore. He's got a lot of fine attributes, but he's not a goal scorer. He's not a goal scorer now. I got sucked into thinking he was all that after their preseason as well. Gummo was saying he'd be good he's for be he'd good, be good for a mid-table team that has no. <laughs> Real expect, way of expectation on them. Ah, I see. Okay, but, right. but for Chelsea so, right now, I'm a table team with a way of yeah. expectation on them. So you see, there's a difference. Halfway is, is yeah. the other one. Um, Rough. But yeah, Spurs and Chelsea is going to be a rather close story this season. I hope so. Well, and I, Ch- look, Chelsea might get it all together. Chelsea might go on a good run, and Spurs might lose a couple of games, and all of a sudden this narrative has flipped. Yeah. And I wouldn't rule that out. You, you said it a couple of minutes ago, football changes so quickly. But I, right, I now, right now, it looks like Spurs know what they're doing and mm. Chelsea don't and I really think the problem at Chelsea is 
the ownership because I, I don't feel the ownership know what they're doing. Yeah. No, I only like saying football changes quickly because there, there are people who will hang their hat on something <laughs> and then it changes. And yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, you know, you have to. That's part of the game, bro. That's you, what I'm, that's what, yeah, I, I will yeah. not, you know, die on this hill if yeah. the hill is is due to change. Exactly. Yeah. Or you know, be blown up. In my two yeah, my <laughs> my conviction that Spurs were not going to be crap this season came from all the people whose opinions I don't trust thought Spurs were going to be crap. Mm. And I was like, okay, I know that it's going to be the inverse then. Yeah. I, I have seen this story too many times to know who is right about teams falling apart and who is right about teams kicking on. And yeah. the, the people who I trust, the people whose opinions I value and listen to and respect, they all very much like, the upside is really high, but even though the the floor might be scary, it, it's very unlikely to reach that. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves four games in. But the, well, we, we, can, are we can only say from these four games <laughs> in. Like, what has been the biggest criticism so far? Probably the first half against United, Spurs conceded too many chances, but that was it. Mm. The, the other three games, Spurs have been very, very, very impressive. And played three away games in a row. And they weren't, weren't yeah. against the best of teams, but technically unbeaten in 90 minutes in those teams with two wins. Good to get them all ticked off. As yeah. Well. yeah. Long may it continue. Yeah. Long may it continue. I'm very optimistic. I yeah, to be unlike our friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, inside joke. Weird inside joke. DM for details. <laughs> Should we wrap up there? Yeah. I've got a job to do. Yeah, I'm getting, we're getting shark looks from outside as well. Oh, oh everyone wants to come and meet me when they've booked it. Let's see. Yeah. Okay, all right, wrap up here. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. If you haven't subscribed, left a rating, left a review, please do so. It helps us a lot. And we'll see you next time. Feeling what a night. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Tuesday night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.